This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. I have some questions for some of these games, and a lot of them are, okay, I like this team, but I don't like the number. So, PJ, what do you do with those type of games? Like, if you like a team as a favorite, but you think the number is too big. Like, is there anything I can do with this information? Because normally I would say, okay, you throw them in a parlay. But that's usually not a smart sentence. Anytime you're like, ah, just throw it in a parlay. I feel like it never ends well. So what do I do with these teams? Usually my best advice would probably just be, yeah, you can bet team totals, which is a good way to attack if you think they're going to score. Or you can just wait and bet it live, you know? Um, That's what I I do a lot of times. If I think a team's going to win, I don't love the number, though or they're a small favorite and maybe I want to wait for a plus money number, I, I would just, you know, hold off and you can try and get a better price in game. So it's, it's tough. I know in college basketball, especially some of these numbers, especially now that we've gotten to this point in the season, they're, they're almost right on the money. You've so much data on these teams. It's really hard to kind of find an edge in these games. The lines are, they're pretty sharp. So, I mean, my advice, you know, don't be afraid to bet, games live you know if there's a line that you're like "Mm, i don't know if i want to lay that many points or that seems like too little amount i want some more points you know you just always hold off and wait to get a bigger number now the fear is sometimes that the game might not go according to plan and if you're waiting for a bigger number then maybe that underdog gets off to a hot start and you're like well i wish i bet it i mean that's that's the risk you run so it just it all depends um there are a couple games tonight where you know i look at the line and I'm thinking about maybe just waiting and, and betting it live. And then there are other games where I'm like, no, I like I like the current line in that game. So I think it all depends. Generally, though, I would say just, you know, don't be afraid to, to live bet these games. All right, here's my other question before we get into specific games. If you see a discrepancy between Ken Palm and the betting line, what do you make of that? Because sometimes we see this with home teams where I think the betting market gives a little bit more credit to the home team, which is a valid point, especially with some of these teams with amazing home court advantages. But I don't know. Sometimes that's a bit of a red flag to me. Like sometimes it feels like you are not getting value. Like let's take the specific game out because I feel like I'm dancing all around it and maybe we should just talk about it. Uh, Because I'm looking at this BYU and Kansas game. The number seven Jayhawks uh, laying six and a half at home. A total of 153 and a half. This is one of those instances where the line is a bit longer than what we're seeing at Kempom, which usually the lines are pretty close to what we have over at Kempom. Kempom has uh, Kansas winning 79 to 74. So that's five points. The line is six and a half. So do you think this line is bigger because of the home court advantage? Why do you make of, why do you think this line is bigger? Two things. One, because of the home court advantage, and two, because it's Kansas. And odds makers yeah. know that they can lay that extra half point point, and uh, teams will still bet it, right? Like, you'll see this all the time with Kansas, Duke, Kentucky. Um, the perfect scenario for what you're talking about, where when you're looking at these teams and how they're rated on Ken Palm and when the line's off, that UConn-Creighton game, the other the other uh, last week in the middle of the week when UConn was coming off that huge win against Marquette, everybody thought they were going to win the national championship out of that. This team was never going to lose the game the whole season. You look at Ken Palm, and it pretty much had the game as like a pick 'em. 
Creighton maybe even should have been favored in the game. UConn was favored by three and a half, and everybody was still betting UConn. Why? Because odds makers knew that it's all recency bias and it's all perception. And after watching UConn beat the number four team in the country by 30, like, of course, they'd lay a small number on the road against Creighton. So, again, you'll see that all the time with these big teams when they're at home or when they're coming off massive wins and the public is just driving these numbers and it's all perception-based. You saw that last year in the tournament with Duke and Tennessee when Duke was one of the hottest teams coming into the tournament. Tennessee should have been favored in the game. Instead, Duke was three-and-a-half-point favorites and everybody was betting Duke. Tennessee ends up winning that game by double digits. So it's a great point, Chelsea. It's something to keep in mind. Like, don't be afraid to kind of use the Ken Palm metrics and see like where you can get value in these games. Because it, I, I know a lot of people like don't look at that stuff and they don't really want to just bet games vote based on like value. Like when a game should be like six, when a game should be five and you're getting six and a half and to bet it like long-term you are going to win if you do that. And if you take points when you're getting like one and a half, two points of value. So to your point, I don't think a lot of people are going to love, you know, only catching six and a half with BYU against Kansas, but these are even teams with the way that BYU shoots the ball. If they're hitting their threes, they can certainly hang around in this game. And me personally, I think Kansas is one of the most overrated teams in the country. They're not going to play the NCAA tournament at, Fog Allen Fieldhouse. I understand the game is there tonight, but uh, BYU, even though they've been really, really bad on the road this season, they haven't beaten anybody good. They haven't beaten any ranked team on the road. This could be a nice spot for them. I, I like the way this game matches up um, because if Kansas struggles to score, BYU could take advantage of that if they're knocking down their shots. Yeah, I think this is where betting can be tough because sometimes – the quote-unquote right side is the side that's going to make you squirm. Does it not make you squirm fading Kansas at home? Like, you look mm -hmm. at the Jayhawks, and you know that Allen Fieldhouse is one of the best home court advantages in all of basketball, but Kimpom makes this line five. You look at Kansas so far against the spread at home, and it's a far cry from their pristine 14-0 and straight-up record. So they're 14-0 and at home this year, but against the spread, only 7-6-1. and so it feels to me like all the signs are pointing towards BYU and it like makes me like kind of squeam a little bit. Uh, Cause there are some trends I will say that go against BYU. Traditionally when I see BYU or any team really from Utah, I would say, okay, this is a team that you bet when they're playing at home because they have a great home court advantage on the other side, maybe not a team you trust on the road, but God, as much as it pains me, it feels like BYU is the side. What's the sabotage factor though? Oh, man, I, you know, it's interesting. I think the Kansas first half might be the play in this game. If you do like the Jayhawks, I think the sabotage factor would just be that, I mean, Kansas is just so good at home and they've, you know, I've, I've looked at Kansas spreads closely because my eyes, my eye test when I watch them play, I don't think they're very good. And they've been hanging a lot of these lines at home this year. Like there were six and a half mm -hmm. point favorites on Saturday to Texas. And that game really wasn't that close. Kansas blew them out. So Kansas is so good at home. Like you said, Chelsea, a lot of the times the right side uh, when betting these games is the side that you don't want to bet. That's how you know it's it's probably the right way to go. And I don't think anybody who's making a bet on BYU plus six and a half really loves the wager tonight. 
but that would that would be the way that I would go. Although I do think Kansas minus three and a half in the first half is is probably a good play too. They usually get off to such good starts at home in the first half. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's tough because if you like BYU in the game, I don't know if they can be down 10 at halftime and then work their way back and, and lose by five. I mean, they certainly could, but I would think that they would need to get off to a strong start. So it's a tough game. I'm probably going to end up staying away. I think BYU is the right side, but uh, definitely a game that I'll be interested in. And again, a game that I might end up getting involved in uh, live. Like if BYU gets off to a super hot start, we get maybe some plus money on Kansas or they're close to a pick them, then, uh, then I would love the Jayhawks in that spot. Yeah, the more I look at the metrics, the more I like think BYU is probably the right side because I'm looking for discrepancies and say, okay, you know, maybe this team has a big advantage over the other one, but it's actually the opposite way around. I am seeing one advantage that BYU actually has, and that's on the offensive rebounding percentage. This is one area that Kansas has not been great at this year. That's not what I would think, but the numbers say that, you know, they're ranking 286 in offensive rebounding percentage. Meanwhile, BYU has been good at getting those second chance looks ranking 37th in the nation at offensive rebounding. So maybe BYU is the side. Uh, makes me squirm a little bit, but sometimes that's betting. Let's go to Cincinnati and number one, Houston. The Cougars laying 13 and a half, total of 132 and a half. So PJ, this is a bit of a different handicap. When you have two teams and a big spread, because you can look at all the numbers of the matchups and say, okay, Houston has huge advantages. Well, duh, they're laying 13 and a half. So how do you go about handicapping games with a large spread? Well, a large spread like this especially is just so fascinating. So we were just talking about in that Kansas game, like finding value and looking at Ken Palm. Houston is 32 points better than an average team. Cincinnati's 15, right? So on a neutral, this game would be 17. Houston's at home. So I mean, they, they, there's a case that they could be like 20, 21-point favorites in this game. They're only laying 13 and a half. The thing is, we got to remember Houston's coming off an overtime win against Baylor, right? A big-time win mm-hmm. on the road, national television. And there certainly is a letdown built into this handicap. Now, is there going to be that big of a letdown? Is a letdown worth like seven or eight points of value? I don't know. And to your point about like handicap and big spreads – especially when we have like a letdown spot built into the handicap, that's when I want to stay away. Like when you want to buy in on letdown spots is when it's not accounted for in the spread. I loved Arizona State on Saturday when they were playing against Washington State. Washington State had that huge win against Arizona on Thursday. Quick turnaround. You go from Tucson to Tempe, you play ASU. Wazoo was six and a half point favorites in that game. And I'm like, perfect. Letdown spot. This isn't built into the handicap. ASU could win this game outright, and that's what ended up happening. Chelsea, I mean, they're accounting for like seven or eight points of letdown in this handicap. So, I mean, I I can't bet this game. Like, I got to see how Houston comes out. I got to see what they look like. I mean, I would think Houston would be the right side because I just think it's way too much of an adjustment, and they're so good at home. I honestly think where the value is – because they're accounting so much for a letdown and the spread is only 13 and a half, it makes the first half line a lot shorter. Instead of being like nine and a half, ten and a half, it's only like six and a half, seven and a half. Um, and Houston first halves over the last couple of years, especially at home, have just been a gold mine. 
Um, now, again, it could be a letdown, so they could get off to a sluggish start. They could get off to a slow start. But if I were to bet this game, I think Houston first half is uh, is the bet that I would make personally. I tend to think that a quote-unquote letdown spot would not be as much a game coming off of an overtime win. Like, maybe if it's a big rivalry matchup. But I think the next game that's on the list more fits the bill. We have Kentucky on the road at Mississippi State. And Kentucky just had probably their best offensive performance of the entire season. Uh, Last time around scored, what, 117 points? Yeah, against your Alabama Crimson Tide. Won that game at home, 117 to 95. So, PJ, does this qualify as a letdown spot? Again, it's another tough game because... Kentucky finds himself in the same exact spot that they did last week. They were coming off that huge win against Auburn, had a letdown Mm -hmm. spot against LSU, and now here they are again coming off a big win against Bama, and this game does scream a letdown spot to you. Mississippi State, though, Chelsea, is so challenged offensively at times, and I normally love betting against them in these kind of games. If you go look at Mississippi State and some of the teams that they've lost to, they've already lost to Kentucky this season. They've lost to Bama. As great as they are defensively, at a certain point, you're going to need to score with these high-octane offenses, and I don't know if they can. So this line's moved from 2.5 to 3.5. It's one of those ranked versus unranked teams, letdown spot like you mentioned. But I think I actually like Kentucky in the game. I would take the three and a half with Kentucky. And it's just all about the matchups. It's not about the spot. It's not about the Ken Palm ratings. It's not about the fact that Mississippi State really needs this win to truly solidify themselves in the tournament. I just think it's a bad matchup. Anytime Mississippi State goes up against a potent offense like this, I'm always going to take the offensive team. So, uh, yeah, I'll take Kentucky plus the points. Yeah, I think that's the the nausea factor when taking a team that is predicated on their defense is if you see the offense and it can't hold a candle to the other team, like you look in the mirror and you say, we knew this about Mississippi State, unless they're mucking up the game, they're probably not going to be winning it. Do you think this correlates itself to the total at all? Because one would think, you know, if you think Mississippi State struggles to score, but their defense is good, can they slow down Kentucky enough to keep this one under the total on one, uh, 156 and a half? Like, I think it can be, you know, sometimes jarring to take an under for a team that just scored 117 points. But the whole segment's been about value and kind of going contrarian. What about an under? I think that's, I think that's a great call. I think if you like Mississippi State, then you, you like the under because I don't think they're going to be able to win a game against Kentucky in the 80s or 90s. And then if you like Kentucky then they're probably going to have to win the game in the 80s or 90s. I think that's a great call, and I think the total is kind of telling you what the side is, right? If Mississippi State was the side, this total would probably be more so in the 140s. With it being in the 150s, I like Kentucky. I like Kentucky plus the points. Ooh, uh, we shall see. Uh, Some great games unfolding tonight. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.